Hey guys, welcome back to Astrology and You. Today we have a really special episode. We're going to get into what is an astrology reading and kind of like what can you expect um, in a reading and what can you get out of it. Yeah, like this is going to be like a fun episode because I feel like a lot of the time when I get people coming to me for readings, like half of the people don't really know what to expect with a reading. Like they may think it's like a psychic reading or they may just not know that they need to ask questions. So this is going to clear some things up. So the next time, because astrology readings are not cheap. So next time you splurge on an astrology reading, like you'll know what you're getting. You'll know what to ask to get the most out of what you're paying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to really get some lasting value out of it. Um, so yeah, we're so excited to dive into that. But first, we're just going to kind of start with some transits. Yeah, so we're recording this on Wednesday, October 6th, even though it's going to come out in a few days on Sunday. Um, and the new moon literally just happened like it was exact a few hours ago, I think earlier this morning. Um, so I'm already feeling that great new energy. I think if you're listening to this on Sunday, like you're definitely going to feel, I don't know, more energized definitely because it's like the new moon tends to, I don't know, life tends to pick up in the two weeks that follow it. Mm, yeah. Life tends to pick up a lot. Like you'll feel more energy. I always find like new moons, Alice, I don't know if you feel this way too, but a lot of people think like, why aren't, why don't I feel energy with the new moon? Like it's supposed to be a fresh start. But it's kind of a time to like set your intentions and go within. And then like about the week that follows, it just kind of picks up speed. I always love when like the new moon, when it goes exact, like when the sun and moon are the exact degree, um, when it falls like sometime during the middle of a day, because it's nice to notice how like the earlier part of the day before it's exact tends to be so emotional and like anxious. And then it goes exact and like you can immediately feel a shift in energy. Like, oh, whoa, like this I feel just like more calm. I feel ready to initiate new things, even though it's like, there's still not a lot of energy. I just already feel a shift. Yeah. It's like, so it's so like a mellow vibe, but it still is so powerful. Like you can feel the shift happening within you. Um, like even for new moons, I know like sometimes I find people kind of sleep better during new moons. It depends on your chart, of course, but, um, I always, whenever there's a new moon in the morning, I'll always wake up weirdly early. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case for me, but yeah, I would say more, more sleep at a new moon than at a full moon. A full moon, I don't get a lot of sleep. Yeah. And you sleep so much. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to a doctor to check that out because I don't think it's normal how much I sleep. <laughs> um, I love the time difference. It's always like we're on the same page by the time we record. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what else is going on this week? So today, when this comes out, it's going to be October 10th. Saturn is going direct today. It's been retrograde since May 23rd. So that's like, that's three to four months that Saturn's been retrograde. And I've definitely felt it um, because it's an Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius sun, Aquarius my seventh house. I've just felt like, I don't know, whenever Saturn goes retrograde every year, there's like less forward movement. Yeah, I so agree with that. It's like, it always makes me question the routines and the structure or like obligations that I have in my life. Yeah, it's kind of like, what do I really want to be working and putting all this effort towards? That's what I, what always gets called into question during Saturn retrograde. And then once it goes direct, which it's doing today, it, 
it becomes more clear. Like, this is really what I want to work towards. This is where all my hard energy and effort should be going. So I do think things are about to become a lot more clear headed into the last two to three months of 2021. Mm, I love that. I also noticed too with like Saturn, I mean, this is your Saturn return or if anyone listening has their Saturn in Aquarius, you might notice these themes are even more obvious. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Saturn is stationing direct on my Aquarius sun to the degree, six degrees of Aquarius. So if you have anything at six degrees of Aquarius in your chart, whatever planet or rising or angle that might be, um, this is really significant for you. It's kind of like restructure your life. Like, come on, it's time to like do things differently. And yeah, exactly. So like as an example of that, I don't have Saturn in Aquarius, but it's literally squaring my natal sun in Taurus. Yeah. So it could be good to check out if you have any planets at like fixed, like Taurus, Scorpio, Leo at six, six or seven degrees, honestly, because that's right where it's um, spending so much time this fall. Yes, I'm feeling it. And I'm also feeling too that I need to like really be less critical of myself. And I feel like whenever Saturn contacts your sun or like a personal planet, it can bring up those reminders for yourself just to be gentler. Yeah, I just feel like needing to take care of myself more, like noticing like aging, I guess. I don't know if that's like also because I'm like Saturn returns involved too, but yeah, like going to the doctor more, or learning how to cook for myself. It's just becoming more aware of stuff I just always brushed aside before. Mm, yes, I love that. I'm just like thinking of college, like what we ate. Um, not good. But not yeah, good. definitely needing to get healthier with Saturn returns is always a theme. Um, yeah. And then also, or did you want to add something? No, I was literally going to talk about Jupiter. So you take it away. Okay, so basically Jupiter also is going to be going direct um, the following Sunday from now, so October 17th, and it also has been in, has been retrograde since June, June 20th. Yeah, so these two, I mean, these two, like wherever Saturn and Jupiter are transiting tend to like set the vibe for the year. Um, and when they're retrograde, you may notice that area of your life because they're both in Aquarius. It's like that house involving Aquarius has maybe been like paused or been a source of frustration or not a lot of movement going on. And like once they come out of retrograde and they direct again, which is happening this week and next, you're going to just start to notice like things flowing more easily, just more sure of decisions you're making in that area of your life. So definitely look at the Aquarius house, use whole sign and, you'll you, things will just start to happen there mm, yeah like forward momentum forward momentum um is super that's kind of like as October progresses I feel like things are just gonna feel like oh I'm actually getting clarity I feel like I am going forward again and um yeah it's just a good energy I'm excited for it Jupiter out of retrograde especially like that because that planet is so much about growth expansion opportunities I feel like it's so obvious when it's retrograde and when it's not and when it's not you notice that there are more opportunities for growth and like things are just happening more easily yes and also Jupiter retrograde just makes it so that way I feel like there's a lot more inner work like if you have noticed maybe this summer that you've been doing a lot more inner work since these retrogrades especially Jupiter going retrograde um, it kind of like asks you to believe in yourself more or coming up against areas in your life where you're kind of holding yourself back. And now when it goes direct, I feel like there is, like you said, Alice, more opportunities coming your way or just feeling like you can really feel more confident. Yeah. 
I'm so excited for both of these to go direct. And then they're onwards. Jupiter's on to Pisces at the end of the year, which we'll obviously get to in a few months. Yes, um, we will. Very excited for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's jump into the topic for this week. Um, we want to start with what exactly like is an astrology reading before we get into maybe what more to expect or like kind of tips and tricks for entering into a reading. Yeah, I'm making the most of it. Um, yeah, so a reading itself basically is like it what it is not is it's not like a psychic reading. It's not like us looking into a crystal ball or like kind of pulling things out of thin air. It's literally an astrologer looking at your birth chart or your transit charts, whatever it is, and interpreting those symbols. Yeah, so that's like a really good thing to stress is like it is the astrologer's like interpretation of what they're seeing. So sometimes that interpretation it doesn't fit with your life and like maybe there's another interpretation that they're missing, but the astrologer's going off of like what they know and what they've seen play out and maybe they might be missing something. So that's kind of like when a reading isn't fully accurate, it's it's really the astrologer's interpretation that's causing that. Mm, yes and we will get into this more but it is important in that instance to like communicate and say that to the astrologer because otherwise you might be missing out on an interpretation that just like really hits home yeah yeah so like you said it's looking at this chart the circular chart with a lot of symbols in it that stand for planets and where their position is in the house and somehow it's like a different language that we speak and it's the astrologer literally just knowing what those symbols mean in certain areas and how that correlates with different areas of your life. It's like translating these. Like one of my favorite quotes is actually something around the lines of like, um, like when you know astrology, the sky speaks to you. And so I think I like to describe a reading as literally like we're translating this ancient language of the stars to you like that is like it sounds a little woo woo (laughs) but like that is what it is it's like actually a language and it has different interpretations or meanings for certain things but ultimately it's like so unique to you and we just like kind of help you understand what you're looking at in your birth chart or whatever it is it's actually kind of crazy that I can just like look at like this diagram with symbols and be like job change relationship oh my gosh, yes, relationship yeah. stress like I can just look at it for like two seconds and be like that's what's going on yes like um it's so funny because like just the other day I was giving a reading and immediately when I pulled up this person's chart I was like oh they're pregnant like you can just tell and they were they like told me that right away and it's just so cool when you see things and you're, it's just so obvious sometimes it's so cool I'm obsessed with it and everyone's like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, literally just this. Like, I, sometimes I have to show people because they're like, how do you know this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they're like, what program especially are you using? Especially for you, you can get so accurate with, um, like, dates especially. So people are like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically it's just we wanted to stress that a reading specifically is like, interpreting those symbols and using our knowledge that we've learned to act like about astrology to apply it to your chart Mm -hmm. and every astrologer like has a different approach to how they're interpreting your chart um like me and you like we have a lot of similarities but then we also have a lot of differences with like what we're stressing in a chart what kind of readings we like to do so definitely I don't know finding an astrologer that you feel like you vibe with or that has extensive knowledge in an area you want to focus on 
I love that you brought that up because yeah, like basically there's so much you can learn from a reading, but I think the number one most important thing is to find an astrologer that you just vibe with before you get a reading. So not just like, you know, finding anyone, but like actually doing your research and like understanding if this person has maybe a similar approach to life or attitude or like basically a perspective that you would like to get because an astrology reading is like such a great way to kind of take you out of your current situation and see things in maybe a more positive light or a more forward thinking light or you know just like in some way getting that perspective yeah and an astrology reading is so like therapeutic too that like I don't know you kind of want something you've want someone you feel comfortable sharing I don't know more deeper stuff with or like I don't know just information you wouldn't tell anyone Mm, yeah it's so important that you trust the astrologer yeah because otherwise if you're just like oh I want to share this but I don't feel comfortable it's like I find you just don't get as much out of a reading if you're not willing to open up a little bit So like looking at like our different approaches, what would you say like you enjoy talking the most about in a reading? Like if someone was like, I want Maxine as my astrologer, like what can they expect to get that's like really good that you offer? Mm, I love that. Um, Yeah, so I do evolutionary or spiritual astrology and it's basically like a more spiritual take on that person's birth chart or transits. And so I get into past lives. I love talking about that, like not like what you were in a past life, but just how your past life experiences have shaped this one and like what are your kind of karmic lessons and strengths and like what you're here to share with the world and also to heal. Like I really love to look at the birth chart and help my clients like to pinpoint areas of life that are really beneficial for them to like lean into and work on. Um, but yeah, definitely the spiritual perspective is my favorite part of it. And I just love being able to like help people through different parts of their life that might be challenging or if they want direction. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause like that's definitely, I mean, I love all that stuff too, but that's not like what I specialize in. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about what you do too, like what your yeah. expertise is. Like I love making predictions for people and figuring out when stuff exactly is going to happen. So like if someone comes to me, like I'm so unhappy at my job, when am I going to change? Like I love trying to nail down like the exact date of when that might happen. Or especially with like love life relationship. Like I love talking to single people and they're like, I need to be in a relationship or not like I need to be in a relationship, but like when is this more likely to happen? And like figuring out when that is more likely to come up for them. And then I also just like helping people understand why they act the way they do in their relationships. I feel like relationship astrology is really what piques my interest the most and what I get like the most obsessive about. I, yes, I I love coming to you for that perspective, which is so cool to like see how just different astrologers have different strengths. And so even astrologers like to like get that perspective. Mm hmm. Like, it's almost hard for me to give readings on, like, just the birth chart. Like, if someone's like, tell me, someone comes to me and they're like, tell me about myself. I'm like, I really, I'm not interested in this. I'm sorry. Like, I want to figure out what's going on in your life right now. Like, let's talk about what to expect five years from now. Which is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting you say that because I'm, I was just thinking, like, I really love to look at, 
the person's birth chart first. So like if someone gets a reading with me, I always recommend getting a first time astrology reading, which is like, let's dive into your birth chart and then jump into transits. Because to me, it's like, I want to understand that person's like sole purpose um, really, really well and help them understand and then get into like the transit piece. But definitely the sole purpose is what I love the most. I mean, that's probably smarter um, that maybe I should do in my readings. I just, I don't have like, I'm so impatient. I'm like, I want to know what's happening right now. (laughs) But I feel like, you know, it goes back to that thing. When you do read so many charts, you see it as an astrologer. And sometimes, you know, if that person already sees it, like they'd be coming to you because they want to know what's happening next, you know? So, um, so like you do consider it, although, you're so good at giving readings so quickly like I cannot do 15 minute readings which I know you've done (laughs) yeah like I don't get someone's birth information until they're on the call with me so I'm like hi my name's Alice like what time are you born and then immediately kind of doing a cold reading off of that so I really have to know I, I have to have like where the planets are in the sky like memorized because when you're giving a reading that quickly it's kind of like I don't have time to spend looking up when they might and when Mars might under a certain sign. I just kind of have to know that off the bat. Yeah, and also too, um, that that just made me think of like sometimes in a reading. Um, oh my gosh, I totally lost what I was gonna say. I was just like mm-hmm. so interested listening to you. Um. Okay. So I feel like that. While you think of what to say, that leads us into like what types of readings you could get from an astrologer. So if you are interested in getting a reading and you're wondering like what, I don't know, sometimes you can go to like an astrologer's website and not really know like what you're getting with a reading. Like mine, the ones I was doing before I put a pause on readings, I am coming back with them though, was just like general reading. Like you can literally ask anything. I am going to get a little more detailed in what people can get from me though, um, But yeah, kind of like what we were saying, like you could get a birth chart reading. Let's start there, like birth chart or natal chart reading, which is literally like that's your based on your exact time, date and place of birth and that your birth chart is parts of yourself that you are born with. Like that isn't about predicting events. That's like getting a reading about figuring out like why you are the way you are. Mm. Yeah, like why you are the way you are. And then also it helps the astrologer to tell you like, these are your strengths. These are your areas of challenge, like throughout your whole life. And um, it kind of can help you to to focus on what is important to you or what areas of life will come easier. What ones will bring you greater fulfillment, like throughout your whole life, not like at any one point in time. Yeah, so I'd say if you had questions like, what career path will be most fulfilling to me? Um, what else would be like, what, what's my, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Um, how do I approach relationships? Those kind of questions are found in the birth chart. Like don't get a birth chart reading. If you're wondering when you're going to have a job change or when you're going to get into a relationship or when you're going to move, that is for transits. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good differentiation because, I mean, like a birth chart reading does tell you a lot about yourself. So it's going to be like, as we mentioned, everything there. And also like, I guess like how I do it is I focus on like the sole purpose, like your overarching 
like what your soul is craving in this lifetime to develop more or to lean into or to share with the world and how that comes out in your relationships or your career or just like day to day, like what you can lean into to be happier. So I do think it has a lot of value and I always recommend starting there with a birth chart reading and then getting into transits because then you're able to like go back to that. Um, some people though do come for readings with me and they already have a really good grasp of their birth chart and then they can jump into transits, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree that it's important to like know your birth chart really well first because transits will affect people in different ways based on like what their birth chart configuration is. Like if someone like has a like has these challenging relationship patterns, like no matter what kind of positive relationship transit comes up, like they may still struggle more than someone else that doesn't have that in their chart. Mm-hmm. So a birth chart reading I find to be super empowering and super like um, affirming or validating of like, oh yeah, like those are words put to what I already kind of knew about myself, but now I feel empowered with that language or that more conscious awareness. Yeah. And I don't like when people are like, I'm so scared. What are you going to tell me? I'm like, your birth chart literally tells you what you already know about yourself. Like that maybe you're just afraid to face or you're afraid to talk about, or you just haven't talked about yet. But it, it literally, that's why I loved, um, when I fig. that's what initially drew me to astrology, like figuring out the rest of my birth chart, because I was like, this explains my personality so much more than like any therapist has explained this to me or anyone else. Like, this is I feel so seen Mm -hmm. yeah it's so healing especially like if you haven't I know for me like I've never really felt her growing up and so it's just so nice and validating to find a tool that just like wow this person doesn't even know me and they are able to speak this or this book like how do they know that about me so astrology can be super beautiful if you get a birth chart reading for that yeah yeah don't discount the birth charting despite what I may have said yeah (laughs) Alice is like um yeah I need to backtrack no No, but then it's just something that like you do kind of you know it so well that it's you know maybe not the area that you like love to get into yeah 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 exactly um and then we get into transit reading so that's a different type of reading and there's a few different charts that fall under this category of like transit but the best way to describe a transit chart is like what is currently going on in the sky that's affecting your birth chart and that kind of shows when you'll have life changes or when you'll have specific events or specific energy or be in a mood um what's the timing of that Mm, yeah yeah exactly and so like when we're talking about transits we just wanted to define that as like some people refer to transits as just real time what's happening in the sky that's like at the beginning of this podcast episode what we get into um so it's affecting everyone but in different ways based on that real time motion of the planet or the transits but then there's like this more overarching term for transits, which includes like progressions, solar arcs, like even looking at your solar returns, just like we just mean it more generally here as in in a transit reading, we look at like what is going on now, what is being activated in your birth chart now. Yeah, so it's it's because sometimes people will be like, oh, can I just get a solar return reading? And it's hard to just like focus on like, Like if I'm giving a transit reading, it's hard to just do one chart. I never do that because you have to take all these other charts into consideration to get the most accurate picture of like what's happening in that person's life. 
I literally have like 12 charts <laughs> pulled up mm-hmm. for transit ratings. <laughs> like um, I would say I start with the transit. I'm like, okay, what, where are Jupiter and Saturn? Where are the eclipses right now? What are the major themes? Then it's like bringing in the solar return, then bringing in the lunar return. I would say those three, like transit, solar, lunar returns are the, what I use the most. Whereas I think you tend to bring in other ones that I don't always focus on. Yeah, I'm obsessed with progressions and solar arcs, like secondary progressions and solar arcs mainly. But um, but yeah, everything. Like The idea is basically that the more... It, it kind of just depends on like how much information you need for that specific question or area of interest for that person. So I would say like both of us, we would vary it depending upon the questions that person asks too. Yeah, progressed. I mean, I look at the progressed moon if I'm in a longer reading. I feel like that's not really helpful in like a 15 minute reading if I'm doing those. Um, but yeah, progressed moon is like pretty important to just show like what kind of mood you're in for two and a half years like what are you focusing on yeah and that definitely gets into longer readings for sure um but yeah I think just to note that if you are interested in a transit reading it does get into like why are you feeling a certain way now and also when did it start and when will it end yeah that's what I love about transit readings it shows the start and stop date of stuff like if you're feeling really low like there will be an end to that you're not going to feel that way forever yes yes it's literally like this this too shall pass like you basically see that really really clearly um I, I would add too like the way that I do transits is different than the way that you do transit so this is another way of like getting really clear on what it is you want out of a transit reading because like from my perspective I really see it as like I like to communicate more like broader strokes of like, this is what you'll be developing in. This is kind of where you need to focus your energy to get like the most return on investment, like in the coming months or year. But I know that you get really specific for like dates, like more hone in on like those time frames more. Yeah, I like to find like the exact week when something might happen or even like few day period which is like really stressful like I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me in readings to like get that date right um yeah I'd say a lot of the time it works out it is wild like you've predicted things for me I'm like okay I'm not even surprised anymore (laughs) (laughs) um whereas like I will look at a chart and I'm like oh this person probably like wow they should really focus on career right now like I can see how love is not the area of focus right now and that's like that'll come during this season but it's not like as specific like I don't that doesn't excite me yeah I don't know why I'm like obsessed with that dates I think it's like a I don't know in my own life I'm always obsessed with like when things are gonna end or when there's gonna be I don't know I'm always like counting down to when stuff is gonna end it's like a habit from childhood and I think that this me figuring that out through transits just feeds into that habit Well, it's so interesting because, yeah, definitely, I see that in you um, in the best way. And I was actually thinking the other day, it's interesting because you, like, love the future, um, looking into that. And I'm, like, obsessed with being, like, literal past lives, like, as far in the past as you can go. (laughs) Like, how it affects your future, I guess. So there is a tie-in. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, but the thing to note with transits is that 
the past is really important because to predict the future, you have to know what's happened in the past. And if you, if I see that someone got into a relationship or had a move or had a job change when a similar transit was going on like five, six, seven years ago, I can kind of predict that something similar might happen when I see that same transit about to repeat itself like next year or next month. Mm, yes, I love that. And I, I kind of see that as like, an opportunity as well to be like, oh, okay, like this might repeat itself or you can be empowered to be like, well, I want to do things differently this time. Like how can I kind of learn and grow from this and like evolve? Yeah, like I wouldn't be scared if like you had a horrible experience like the last time the eclipses were in your second and eighth houses, for instance. Like I wouldn't be freaked out that that exact same scenario would repeat itself because it always like you become older, you become wiser, you know how to deal with that energy more. It's not going to be maybe as difficult as it was first time around, or it may not result in the exact same thing again. Yes. And this is how Alice and I are similar. I feel like, cause we both are very much about like developmental astrology, like using these transits as like opportunities for growth. Yeah. It's like a check-in. It's like, okay, we had something, especially like, that's why I love Saturn because Saturn's such a check-in planet. It's like, those check-ins happen every seven years with all these Saturn squares, oppositions, returns. It's like checking in like, okay, what have you learned in the past seven years and how are you going to move into the next phase? Mm, I love that. Yes, totally. Um, and then, I mean, we could honestly do full episodes on just getting into this, but to move forward, we also wanted to touch on that. We also offer like synastry and composite readings, basically like compatibility. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like the best at interpreting synastry, but I do get a lot of questions about um, who am I, what type of person am I compatible with? And then I'll kind of get someone have having problems with this guy that won't text them back or something like that. I'll be like, okay, let's look at his chart to see if he even has relationship emphasis too. I would say I enjoy seeing if the person even has the relationship timing in their chart rather than like, are you guys compatible? Because you can be really compatible with someone and not have it work out because the timing is not right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You put that so beautifully. Um, and I love how you touched on whenever you're doing compatibility, it's like, you can't jump right into synastry and composite. You have to like first look at the person's individual charts, you know? So that's a good example of that being like, Oh, will the timing work out? Mm hmm. And that's why I like um, the composite chart, which is taking one person's chart and the others and finding the midpoint and all the placements and you get a whole new birth chart. That's like the couple's chart because transits to the composite chart show when that relationship's more likely to be activated. So like if you are going through a stressful period in that relationship, when will that maybe get easier or when might you get engaged? Like when is that stuff more likely to happen can be seen by timing to the composite so accurate and like as an example Jupiter was in Nick and my first house when we got together yeah and when me and my partner became boyfriend girlfriend like official there was a full moon on our Libra rising there was a full moon in Libra and we have a Libra rising in the composite chart it was like the exact same degree as the rising too so it's timing to the composites really powerful I would say yeah overall like I liked looking at the relationship timing to give an answer rather than, or do we have signs that match up? Like I've had signs match up with guys before and it did not work out at all. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, so that's a really good point. And I like how I use synastry and composite mainly is to look at like the karmic reason for why maybe you're attracted to this person or how they maybe taught you a lesson. Like I know it's really healing to look back um, at people's charts and be like, well, okay, maybe you're not together now, but like, this is something maybe that you learned from one another, or, you know, there was a reason why you were together for that short period of time, even if you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're I'm definitely, obsessed with karmic astrology. <laughs> I feel like you're better at kind of interpreting those ties people have together. The karmic tie pieces. Yeah. That's an area of obsession for mine for sure. Um, but I do have to say like synastry and composite take a lot more time. So like often they are more expensive because you as an astrologer are looking at way more charts. Like you're doing two readings plus basically if both of those people had like a baby birth chart together, (laughs) like, you know, you're looking at that too. And there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Especially if you want like a full, I don't offer like full synastry readings just because I don't think I would have enough to say to fill like 30 to 30 minutes to an hour of my time talking about these two people's charts together I would be more interested in other aspects um but yeah if you wanted like a full in-depth those tend to be more expensive because of that and I actually you just reminded me Alice of what I was going to say before just to like wrap up this piece um I was going to say that I feel like, you know, even your approach to how you give a reading is different than how I do from the standpoint of I feel like you are very direct and sometimes like very like this is how it is like. And so that's kind of why sometimes, too, I feel like your your reading sometimes will be shorter or something or you'll focus more on like those pieces that you're like, this is what they need to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I feel like there's not a lot to say sometimes. I'm like, this is happening then. I don't really have anything else to say to you. (laughs) (laughs) like goodbye (laughs) no but that's when it's good um for the other person to engage in the conversation and have questions because then I can see more we can have a longer conversation with each other you get a longer reading Mm, yes I love that um so maybe we can go there I was just gonna add to that I guess that when I give a reading I like the shortest reading I even like to do is like maybe 30 minutes but like I really prefer a full hour because it's just like a much more conversational back and forth kind of relaxed pace and also I feel like it allows time for reflection or that person to like we can dive in super deep into your birth chart or your transit so so yeah yeah I do like a long reading I just feel like it can intimidate me sometimes because it's like a lot of pressure like I have to be talking for an hour I really hope they talk back to me and like we can have a back and forth conversation because it's really hard for one people to carry the whole thing for an hour and and that's why I only do like maximum like two hour or two hours of reading a day (laughs) yeah Um, not not a single reading two hours like separate ones oh my gosh yes (laughs) let's caveat two hour reading oh my god No, I, well, I used to give, like, I used to work when I started out, I was doing like six days a week, giving like three readings a day. It was exhausting. I don't even know how I did that. (laughs) Yeah, they can be exhausting, which kind of leads us to our next um, point, which is like, what are you exactly getting out of a reading when you're paying for it? Because 
Sometimes it might be like, why is this reading so expensive? Why am I paying $250 for an hour? Like that does seem pricey. Um, so we kind of just wanted to explain why, why readings are priced the way they are. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so much goes into it. And so we just kind of wanted to like dive into that a little bit. Um, aside, cause I think sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm just getting like an hour or however long it is, or like, you know, 15 minutes or however long, but actually there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the prep work that goes on beforehand. Like I don't, I mean, because I get in the readings that I was doing right before I stopped, I was getting the birth information on the call. So I wasn't doing a ton of prep work beforehand, except from like aligning my energy so that I was in like the right frame of mind to give a reading but definitely in the past when I have taken birth information beforehand it was like I would spend up to like 30 minutes to an hour kind of looking through their chart and figuring out what I needed to focus on yes exactly so like for me I guess beforehand before a reading let's say it's an hour-long reading I will take like that half hour before at least I'm going to like be pulling up all of the charts because I look at like at least 10 charts for a reading if it's a transit reading and so you need to like put in the birth information like bring it up and like analyze them so that way when a person's face to face with me I'm like focused on what it is that they wrote beforehand that they want to focus on and it's not just tons of random information just thrown at them you know like you really have to focus what you want to talk about on the reading and share with them and so like before a reading I'll like get that information so I can just be more focused yeah I am gonna go back to doing that format because I find it's I I would rather know what someone wants to focus on beforehand and have time to prep for it than jumping in kind of yeah on the spot can be kind of stressful Right. And so like that is a part of the what goes into a reading for you is like that that's a lot of pressure to just like jump into it, have to like know exactly the answer right away. Yeah, the prep work stage for me would just be like knowing my astrology knowledge, like having to have all these transits memorized and know where everything's positioned in the coming months. I would so that I can like give on the spot really quick readings. Right, exactly. So you're not like wasting that client's time. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then also I love that you mentioned like getting spiritually aligned like beforehand or just like at least in your energetic space for the call because I think that is a huge part of a like a really beneficial reading is making sure like that energy is aligned on your end and that you're just kind of making sure that you're clear so that, that the client gets to be the center of attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's difficult to do because another person's energy affects me so much. And I mean, I still don't know how to like build like a protective shield, I guess, before I give a reading. And sometimes if I get a client that like doesn't like what I'm saying or is in a bad mood or just like doesn't have that great of an energy it seeps into me and then it affects how I'm giving the reading and sometimes I get like really I feel like really tight and uncomfortable Mm, yeah I've definitely it depends like how I'm feeling that day of course because we're human (laughs) like not robots but um I used to super empathize so much that I didn't have like clear boundaries and I feel like I mean, I'm obsessed with crystals. So like, even as we're doing this podcast, I'm like, 
holding on to my black tourmaline and I have like a shield of crystals around me. <laughs> um, so, so there are a lot of tools that I use for that. And, um, a lot of practices of like kind of saying almost like a prayer beforehand or just like setting an intention of making sure that the best energy gets like channeled through me and, and afterward too, like kind of like clearing off that energy. Yeah. I would say the after work, like with clearing out the energy takes more than the beforehand. Like it takes me almost like an hour or two to feel like myself again. Like I have to go for a walk. I have to like watch TV. I have to do stuff where it doesn't involve focusing on anything really intensely because I just don't feel like myself. Mm, yeah. Like so much of your heart can go into that, that person and you just want the best for them. And it's just like, you need to kind of like split ties. Um, I need to teach you some of my practices. I do Alice. Now yeah. I'm- now I'm like, I really need it before I start doing readings again. Cause that, that's kind of the that's part of the reason why I haven't been doing readings the past few months was because they were sucking all my energy and I had no, none of myself left over to do other projects like create a course or write horoscopes or write content for brands or work on other big projects because I was just drained. And if I could figure out a way to not be that drained, then yeah, I could do readings on top of all this other stuff. But until I figure that out, it is really difficult. Yeah, it's difficult when you really are giving like a quality reading, I feel like, because you're really needing to like be fully present and you do want to give a lot of your energy. Like it's a very energetic exchange as well in a reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, I'm going to share after this with you more things I do. Yeah. Um, Sending you crystals. Um, but yeah, and then also we just wanted to add to that, like a lot of learning goes into it. Obviously when you get a reading, like Alice and I have spent so much money and time like reading books and like investing in different workshops, courses, like all of the things. Yeah. Like you're paying for like the multiple years I've spent every single day. I teach myself something new about astrology. It's not like I only learn a little, like, and then go three months without doing anything like I'm constantly looking at charts every day like that takes up a lot of time I'm always buying books I'm always wanting to know more and so to get good at astrology you have to do that for like a while like the longer you've been doing astrology the better you are at it so like that makes sense why people that have been in this industry for like 20 30 years are charging so much more because like they have a lot to offer yeah because you're paying for the expertise so you kind of get what you pay for in that sense. Okay, so uh, we wanted to wrap up this part with like, what tips do we have to get the most out of your reading? So like you've decided to get a reading. What should you prepare going into the reading to really get the most out of it? Mm, yes. Okay, so number one, be open. So what <laughs> what we mean by that, we kind of touched on this, but um, an astrology reading is really meant to be a back and forth conversation and you will get so much more out of it if you do share more. Yeah, like it, the more you fill the astrologer in on what's happening in your life, the more they can nail down details, especially when you're getting a transit type of reading and wanting to know when something might happen to you because a transit shows potentials so it'll show like okay when is when is career emphasized but unless you're telling the astrologer like this is exactly the situation at work I want to know like this this you're gonna kind of get a more general thing like okay well career is happening here but unless the astrologer knows the exact specifics they can't give you an exact date 
Mm, yeah, because it's it honestly I always like to liken it like you wouldn't go to the doctor and be like, OK, guess what's wrong with me? You know, it's like if your elbow hurts, tell them. Exactly. Because- yeah, I love that um, comparison. It's like try to guess what's wrong with me. It's like, OK, I could, but it would be really helpful if you filled me in on more of what's happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I, I will get sometimes, I don't really get that often. Um, but when I was starting out, I would get people being like, oh, guess what my sign is or guess what this is. And that's not, I mean, you can do that. But it's just like when you're paying for an astrology reading, you really want to make sure that you are in a place where you're willing to be open because you will get so much more out of it the more that you do kind of offer up to the astrologer. It's not meant to be like a guessing game. Yeah, don't don't pull a poker face in astrology reading. It's not fun for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and also, especially like when I give an hour long reading, it's like this person, like I'm a Gemini rising, so I can talk. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they want to listen to me just like, you know, speak at them <laughs> for, for an, an hour. hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, also, if you do have questions before and come prepare, like some of my favorite readings are when the person's like, I'm sorry, I have a ton of questions. Can we go through them all? I'm like, yes, of course. Like this gives us something to talk about. Like I love answering really specific questions. Like maybe you want to know about like the Venus Neptune square in your chart or like, I don't, the more specific the questions are like the better. Mm, I love that. So yeah, exactly. Like if you have certain questions, maybe like you're unsure about like, Chiron in your birth chart or whatever that can be super helpful to ask and we totally welcome those questions in readings um also too like I know either during the beginning part of a reading or like beforehand I know I have a spot where you can like enter in what questions you have that can really help so that way when you get to the reading I'm prepared Mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna do that too I'm just redesigning my website so I'm gonna have that yes new and improved (laughs) I missed it Yeah. Yes. And so like with that, um, any questions you have, any just also like areas of confusion, like maybe where you want some clarity, like it doesn't have to necessarily be a super specific question about like a certain thing in your chart, especially like I get a lot of people who are totally new to astrology, which I love. And some people are just like, I'm super open to anything. Like I want to know But it does kind of help if you're like, oh, I want to know just about my sole purpose or career or relationships, you know? Yeah, sometimes if people are just like, tell me what you see, I'll be like, okay, here are the main themes, because that's really all I can tell. I'm like, you got to fill me in on details. If I hit upon a main theme that resonates with you, then we have to go from there. Yes, and then you get so much more out of it. Like, for example, if someone's like, oh, I want to focus on relationships, it's helpful if I know, are you in a relationship? Like, how's it going? Like, and sometimes that can feel intimidating if you've never, if you're not comfortable talking about it. But, and like, you don't have to give super specific details. Like, that's up to you. But it is definitely true. The more you share, the more you will get back in return, like, more specific to your scenario. Mm hmm. Also, what's helpful, especially with transit readings, is like looking back at significant past dates. Like if you are coming into a reading knowing you want to ask about your love life and you know you're someone that's it's more difficult for you to recall dates on the spot, maybe go back and be like, okay, there was a relationship this year, this month. Um, I feel like even year, like I feel like it doesn't have to be as specific as like a specific month. But if you know the year, that's really helpful for the astrologer because then you can see 
when that's more likely to happen again based on like patterns. Yeah. So like if you keep a journal, it can be helpful to kind of look through that or go through your iPhone or whatever phone you have, I guess. Um, But just basically the idea is, is kind of being like, okay, these were themes I was feeling, or I wasn't, I was feeling really down at this point of the year. Why was that? How can I anticipate that going forward? So I'm prepared, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then also, if like you can take notes during a reading, I would say like definitely take notes, write down the dates, exact dates I'm giving you because chances are you may have like selective hearing where you only like hear the answers you want to hear, but then maybe it's when your life plays out and like events unfold. There was a date I gave where you weren't really listening, but you realize like it did happen on that date. Mm, yes. Writing down dates is really great. Um, also, I just always like to say it can be really productive if you just throughout the reading are writing down like keywords that jump out at you or like sometimes I'll give affirmations or like more practical tips or something like anything like that that you just see as something that could be important. And I'm always fine with like if you aren't a fast writer, like if you want to record on your phone or your computer the reading to like listen to the audio back like I'm totally fine with that Mm, yeah it's just like however best you know you'll get the most out of it yeah and then um kind of our last tip was like prepare a quiet space for the reading um because it's I have had readings where people are like at work and then their coworkers are coming in and then they're having to change rooms while they're on the reading or they're going into the cafeteria where there's a ton of noise. And it's just like, I have to keep repeating myself because they won't hear me. And then it's like, you can't get as much information out of the reading because we're constantly being stuck on one topic because you can't hear me. And it's, it's confusing. Yes. (laughs) Everything you said. Um, And then also I like to just say like, I, I really like to recommend, I know everyone has super busy lives, but the way you're going to make the most out of it is if you kind of go into it as almost like a ritual, like create a safe space, a quiet place, tell people that you don't want to be bothered for X amount of time, ideally. Like I always recommend putting on headphones because sometimes people don't understand how like personal things can get. And so it's really a helpful thing, not only to hear me better, but to make sure that you have that privacy. I'm such a private person myself, so. Yeah, definitely headphones. Like if I mention something about your relationship and your spouse or your partner's like in the same house or apartment, like that's kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, and like also too, sometimes I like to to say like, I mean, I do my readings over Zoom. Like sometimes I'm like, you can chat me something if you feel uncomfortable, like if, you know, you want to say something that you can't um, say out loud for fear of someone overhearing. Um, this is my 12th house coming out. <laughs> but, but, you know, it is nice to like feel comfortable that way for the communication to know that it is confidential in that sense. Um, also good internet connection, we wanted to add. <laughs> yeah, good internet. Yeah, that's sometimes people miss full readings just because they don't have internet so just making sure that's something you have beforehand yeah like it's nice to kind of I know I've had readings with people who want to like be outside or something but just making sure that you do still have the internet connection really strong um yeah okay I feel like that wraps up um our tips for getting a reading did you have anything else to add 
I don't, I don't really have it. I think just like the last thing I wanted to end on is just like, just making sure that you know that you trust your astrologer, like just to stress that again and to know that you can, you can really get so much out of it if you are willing to be open. And also the more you go back to get a reading, the more you get out of it. Like I love getting returning clients because it's just, they're more comfortable next time they see me and they can open up more. So whatever level you are at. That's really good to say. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap this week's episode up with a Q&A. Like usual, we have two questions. Um, the first one is, how important is the asteroid Juno in a chart? Does it have a somewhat similar effect slash importance as the descendant line or the seventh house? Um, okay, so I, I think, love this question. Yeah, yeah you so- take it away because you definitely deal with asteroids more in your readings, whereas I would... I would say the descendant seventh house planets and sign and cusp is way more important than Juno. You might think differently. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we should back it up to say like descendant seventh house that has a lot to do with like long-term relationships. Yeah, that, I mean, I always view like those key parts, like the descendants, a huge angle in the chart. I always put like way more importance on that than maybe minor stuff you can add in later. Uh, so I do feel in a way the descendant line, the sign it falls on, falls into the planets that fall near the descendant or in the seventh house are going to like heavily influence your approach to relationships, what type of partner you attract. Whereas asteroid Juno, I find just shows qualities like additional qualities you may want in a long-term partner. Mm, Okay. Yes. So So both are important, right? Like you don't, you wouldn't ever just look at Juno, but you also wouldn't ever just look at the seventh house for long-term relationships. Like it's a combination and a synthesis of everything. I find with Juno, it's like, it's not always like, okay, so like, sorry, I just said like so much. I know that's annoying to listen to. Um, (laughs) Let's say you have Juno in Gemini. That doesn't mean you need like a Gemini partner because Juno symbolizes like traits you may want in a long-term like marriage type partner um so it doesn't necessarily it's not as literal as like I need a Gemini partner it's what are those traits of Gemini and maybe how can I find them in someone like I need someone who communicates a lot or communicates well is a writer is like a really eloquent speaker has a lot to say Mm. Yeah, exactly. So like Juno, basically what it is, it's a goddess asteroid and it represents um, like the mythology behind it was it was Zeus's wife. And so it's like a lot about in your birth chart showing maybe those traits of a long term partner, like your ideal partner Um, also maybe indicates marriage like in transits or commitment like where you're really willing to like find compromise in that sense um so it can represent a lot of different aspects I feel like that just kind of give you more information about what does that person look like to you who you're willing to like stick with through thick and thin mm-hmm. yeah I so like as an example actually my Juno is in Libra and my partner is a Libra rising oh I love that so it is kind of literal for you for me, yeah, but I like that you brought that up because some people will be like, wait, my, my husband is like, my Juno's here. What does that mean? Like, he doesn't have any cancer planets. Um, and so it can be, like you said, the traits that are associated with it, which can show up, as as you probably know if you've been listening to this podcast, in lots of different ways in your birth chart. 
Yeah, my Juno's in Cancer, and I am not with a Cancer. I mean, he has one planet in Cancer, but it's more like he takes on those Cancer qualities. Like, he's very nurturing. He has kind of more of a feminine-type energy um, where it's a lot about, like, talking about creating a family together. That's, like, such Cancer themes. Yes, exactly. Like, that shows up so obviously to me. And, like, if someone were to look at your chart and be like, wait, but the Juno part, like, where is that energy in his... Like, it shows up in different ways, so. Yeah. Okay, next question. Um, so someone is asking, it's kind of a, the way they phrase it, it's long, but basically they're asking, when you're reading your horoscope or looking at transits, do you look to your rising sign? Um, they said some astrologers recommend looking at sun and moon rising, and this can be a little confusing. What do we recommend looking at when reading horoscopes? Um, I write weekly horoscopes. I always say look at rising because that's how they're written. It's like the rising sign. When I'm writing them, you bring that sign, whatever sign I'm talking about, to the first house and then looking at the transits to the rest of the houses. So that is a literal replica of your birth chart if you're looking, if you're reading the horoscope for your rising sign. Yeah, like horoscopes are written traditionally like with the solar house system. So basically bringing your rising sign to the first house and then like learning about the transits that are going to be happening that week like that's how horoscopes are written so definitely your rising sign is going to be most spot on for what is up and coming um but I also would say like it's something to feel into for you because I have had people who are like my moon sign is always much more accurate like really astrology is meant to be used as a tool to help you so like If you identify more with your son, go for that, you know? Yeah, it's definitely like read what resonates with you the most. If you're, it's, if you're reading your horoscope and, um, the sun sign's completely off, but the rising makes more sense, then go with that one. Like it's the horoscope's not, shouldn't be telling you stuff that you don't feel already in your life. Perfectly said. Yes. Like it's not meant to be that dogmatic, um, And also, especially too, I do notice sometimes like, for example, the moon sign, I I do like moon circles. And a lot of the times the kind of affirmations I give or the themes that are brought up, people will identify more with their moon sign. So I think, you know, to answer that part of this person's question, like sometimes you will feel it's more strongly for your sun or your moon. And like, that's awesome too. Okay, so I think that wraps it up for this week's Q&A and episode. But before we go, we just, um, we wanted to say like what type of readings we do and how you can book a reading with us. We'll definitely link our websites in the show notes though, because you can book readings through our individual websites. Yeah, and we're always like changing what we offer more specifically in readings, because as you now know, like there's so much to a reading and so many different topics. Um so just to like check in often to see if that kind of evolves. Yeah, like I feel like I'm always changing like what type of readings I'm interested in doing at the moment based on where my interests are. But um, I'm redoing my website at the moment. So I'm not taking clients, but that should change around second half of November, December, hopefully at the latest waiting for that website to get finished though with my designer. Um, so I'll be back up and running and ready to take readings again. Yes, and with the eclipse too in your midheaven house. Yes, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> what yeah. kind of um, readings do you think you'll do though? Maybe if people are curious. 
I think mine readings are going to be more focused on like predictive astrology. So definitely come to me if you're really wanting to know what's up next. When yes. are you going to have stuff happen to you? Also, I want to have like a separate type of reading that's literally just to talk about your love life with me because I find that fascinating and I feel like that could really full, um, fill a whole entire reading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so much to dive into because like relationship astrology or like you know, you're considering the, a whole nother chart sometimes too. So that definitely can take more time. Yeah, I'm excited for that. What about you? Um, So I offer so many different types of <laughs> readings, like true to my Gemini, multi-passionate persona. Um, But I love to offer, if, you've, if you're totally new to astrology or haven't had a reading with me, I always recommend you start with a first-time astrology reading and um, if you go to my website, maxineluthia.com, that's always like just the first one there to click on. And yeah. And then after that, I offer a whole bunch of different ones, like kind of transit reading, solar returns, astrocartography, like there's a lot to dig into. Um, but yeah, it's basically like whatever reading I'm giving, it's a huge focus on what is your sole purpose? How can you step further into alignment with that and your strengths and like kind of stepping into your power. I love that. And I love how you like have a specific reading just for astrocartography. Like I feel like that's a, a commonly brought up topic in reading. So it's nice. You can like literally focus on just that. Yes. I am so obsessed with that. And just to like emphasize if someone wants like very specific dates, Alice is like a wizard at that. <laughs> so <laughs> um, definitely go to her for that. But, um, but yeah, it's just, kind of fun to get another perspective through a reading for sure. Yeah. So we'll, again, we'll link our websites in the show notes. So check out there and yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back in the swing of readings for sure. Yes. They're my favorite thing to do. Like we did mention how they are very emotionally taxing sometimes, but it's like when you manage that part of it and like not don't overextend yourself, it's so much fun to give readings and to like be able to connect with you guys. Yeah, they, and they make you a better astrologer. Like, you have to see people's charts on a regular basis to, like, refine your craft and get better at what you do. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, very, very excited. If you guys are interested, definitely connect with us. I love that. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.